Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Our first sponsor today is Navy Hair Care. I have been working with Navy Hair Care since they launched back in 2018. At that time, I was about a year postpartum with our third child, and my hair was experiencing some trouble after some significant postpartum hair loss. Navy really helped to strengthen my hair, and I noticed a big difference about one to two months after using it regularly. With biotin, vitamins, and rosemary oil, this shampoo and conditioner combo has been part of my daily routine for years now. I also use the charcoal mask every one to two weeks to help revitalize my hair. It helps to dry out toxins, heavy metals, and impurities, which we have plenty of since we have well water. This mask will leave your hair feeling incredibly soft and lightweight. You can use the code Lindsay, L-Y-N-Z-Y, for 30% off your order. And I will leave the links to the products I mentioned within the show notes. Hello everyone. Today I will be chatting with Laura Cochran. Laura is a PA turned lifestyle medicine educator and health and wellness coach and the founder of The Still and Bloom. She's on a mission to help you find health and happiness you deserve using realistic and sustainable evidence-based tools. In today's episode, we will talk about the physical and emotional benefits of being outside in nature and more specifically, the practice of forest bathing. This conversation was really fun and I hope it inspires you to spend a few minutes in nature today. Let's dive in. Just a little disclaimer before we start this episode, this podcast does not provide medical advice. The information on this podcast is for informational purposes only. No material on this site is intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. All right, everybody. Welcome to the show. We have Laura Cochran here on the show today. Welcome. Thanks for having me. So our topic today is a little bit different than what we've had lately, and I'm excited because I feel like it's a little bit more lighthearted and something that you can kind of put into your toolbox of things to keep in mind when you might be a little bit stressed out or a little bit you know, anxious during the week or what have you. So uh, Laura had actually reached out to me and said, hey, you know, I have this topic and I'd love to talk to you more about it. And I was a little bit hesitant at first because I was like, I don't know, how am I going to have this applied to the people listening? But I am excited because you kind of came back with these research studies that are really promising. And yeah, so I'm excited to talk about forest 
bathing today. <laughs> so can you first start by just explaining what forest bathing is and how does it differ from, you know, me just going outside and taking a walk through the woods or what have you? Absolutely. So forest bathing, which is also known as Shinrin Yoku, is actually a concept that originated in the 1970s in Japan as a practice of basically immersing oneself outdoors and using your senses to connect with yourself and to nature. And the reason this whole concept and practice started was that they were looking for a way to address significant burnout and chronic stress that was happening in the working class there in mm. Japan at that time. And so how I would describe the actual more formal practice of forest bathing is more like a sequence of intentionally ordered mindfulness prompts where there's a deliberately slower pace and you're invited to notice the pleasures of nature around you and the joy of sort of just simply being alive in that space. Mm -hmm. And so it follows sort of the same framework where initially you sort of tune into each of your senses one at a time. And then after a few minutes of doing that, slowly begin to walk and pay attention first to sort of what you're noticing just moving around you. And this starts to take your mind into sort of a gentle fascination zone where you are able to be more present and less focused on sort of the constant to-do list that usually is existing mm -hmm. in your mind. And then there's sort of these this area in the framework where you can play around with different ways to connect with yourself or nature. And that's sort of where in the practice it can vary time to time. But after doing that, what I really love is sort of this period where you just find stillness. And often that looks like just literally sitting in whatever natural space you're in with zero expectations. You know, it's not like a formal meditation practice where you're trying mm -hmm. to quiet the mind. Mm -hmm. You're just being. And after that, it closes with actually a tea ceremony where you sort of thank nature by pouring it a cup of tea and enjoying one yourself. And so as you can tell, like that whole sequence and sort of practice of forest bathing is very different than like a typical hike or even like a guided uh, nature walk or something mm -hmm. like that. And, mm -hmm. you know, I think what's most refreshing about this practice compared to hiking, which I also truly love, is that I have just experienced such a deeper sense of relaxation and kind of just giving myself permission to just be that has been hard for me to find in other ways and, and approaches in my life. And I think as a mom, you know, this can be such a transformative practice because it can balance out like the constant bombardment and overstimulation of the rest of our day and week. Have you done any research into ice baths and like, because there's, you know, there are studies kind of coming out about that now, but this kind of reminds me of that because with ice baths, you can kind of, they're, I think they're still doing research now to kind of see if we can use it to kind of create new pathways for people that you might, you know, might have issues with PTSD or significant anxiety, depression, and things like that. But I feel like this is 
almost equivalent to that where, you know, I've always had trouble with things like meditation. I've, I've probably mm-hmm. tried to meditate, you know, hundreds of times. Yeah. <laughs> I failed miserably I am, I am every time. Yes. I'm like, I, first of all, where am I going to go meditate? Okay. If I'm doing it in my house, fail. Every single time, right? Like there is no chance I'm going to be able to do that at home. Can I do it before bed? Sure, I could try. But my mind is racing a million miles a minute. And it's just never been a practice that I can truly get into or do. And there could be many reasons for that. But the concept of forest bathing, I don't know what it is about it, but I'm like super interested. And I actually found there's a place probably about a half an hour from here. And they are like an art studio where it's like a therapeutic type of art where you can go in and and they kind of talk you through and and it's supposed to be great for mental health as well as, you know, creating this amazing art piece. But now they've started doing like forest walks and forest bathing, believe it or not. Do you have any of those places around you? Yeah. So I actually, you know, part of my story and how I got into this is that I actually took an academic college course in this um, because we have a professor here where I live who does research, particularly looking at mental health mm-hmm. and comparing it to how it is different than like a typical hike. And also studying this specifically in the college age group, which has a high percentage of people struggling with different mental health symptoms. And also in, uh, we have an army fort base near us, and he does studies with that uh, community as well. so cool. Yeah. So I think your connection back to the ice bathing, that's interesting. I think I, you know, I am not an expert in that. I listened to uh, the Humorbin Lab podcast about that. I thought it was fascinating. Yeah. But I think it is, it's a, it's a... An intentional practice to engage the parasympathetic, that rest and digest part of our nervous system that I think we've been neglecting for a long time, like the importance of intentional practices around that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's well, so we'll dive into the, how can I actually fit this into my own life? But I want to hear more about kind of just your your history throughout your medical career and kind of like what led you here? Sure. So about a year ago, I kind of found myself at this natural fork in the road at my clinic because they were being sold to another company. Um, and I'm a PA as well. And have I had worked in the ER similar to you for mm-hmm. a majority of my career, but most recently had been working in primary care in the university setting in our community. And, you know, I feel like I've been fighting feelings of burnout for a while, but after coming out of an incredibly hard period in my personal life, I was at this place where I felt like I just needed a pause. I had been, similarly to you, navigating being a full-time healthcare worker during the pandemic. I was the default parent of our three young boys. And in January of 2021, we lost everything we owned in a devastating house fire. And as a PA and a mother, you know, I was used to just gritting through it, pushing on and just doing my best to manage it. And I did that for like 18 months following our fire as we were, you know, trying to rebuild our lives and our home. But on that day where I was trying to find clarity, I'm like, what should I do next? Mm -hmm. It was like this inner voice was just like, just 
take a pause and, and figure it out. Find your passion again and find yourself again. And so what I ended up doing was, I have no idea. I was like, am I switching specialties? Am I going to change my entire career and say goodbye to medicine? I, I seriously did not know. But I ended up being like, well, I think I should learn. I think I should take some classes and try to figure this out. And so what ended up happening was I, I became a full-time student again last fall. And I ended up becoming board certified in a new specialty in medicine called lifestyle medicine. And I ended up getting a health and wellness coaching certificate because I really wanted to understand how to help people sustainably implement different sorts of lifestyle changes and tools in a realistic way into their life. And how forest bathing came into this story is kind of funny because in order to keep my kids at the university daycare, which is the best in our area, I had to become a student because I had been faculty. And so I was like, what class am I going to take? And I <laughs> remembered that this one student I had seen a lot because we were battling a number of warts on her feet and I was freezing them off pretty regularly. She had always been talking about this forest bathing class and how much she loved it. And so it like popped right back into my mind. I was like, I wonder if they're offering that. And so it, they were. And so I, I got permission from the professor to join the class as a non-traditional student. And honestly, I was just looking for any way to feel better and to support me as I was trying to heal that was also evidence-based. And I had no idea what a positive impact forest bathing, of all things, was going to have on me personally, nor how passionate I was going to end up feeling about sharing this with other mothers in particular, because I know that so many of you are also experiencing significant levels of chronic stress and burnout. It's so, yeah. I think it's really inspiring though to hear you don't need to be married into what you chose to do and what you chose to go to school for, right? Like if you're feeling that burnout, I think it's amazing that you were able to just drop out of that and become a full-time student. Like, I, I don't know about you, but I think about this all the time. Like, I loved being a student. Like, I <laughs> want to go back to school. And, know. you know, of course, what a privilege because being able to drop off an income is not something a lot of people can do. But I just, I really, really loved learning. And gosh, like, I feel like, you know, when my kids are older, like I'd love to go back to school and just, I don't even know if I would need a purpose. Like I just want to take an, a class, you know? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, like, I think it's really cool that you kind of followed your gut and said, Hey, you know, this isn't working for me. And the ED is just, I mean, really an atrocious place to be right now. Mm -hmm. Post COVID era is not treating emergency departments very well. <laughs> it's been rough and really just any any medical specialty. Um, it's, it's just really, really, really hard right now. I think we're still recovering from so much of the damage that was done during COVID and, and people not getting care mm -hmm. or not getting the best care. And yeah, it's been a really, really tough spot to be in. I would love for you to share what was it about forest bathing that really drew you to it when it came to the research and the scientific studies? What was it that you loved about the benefits? for mental and physical well-being. Yeah, I think that what really to be truthful, like I wouldn't have I wouldn't have called myself 
any sort of like a very outdoorsy person earlier in my life. And my husband is more that leaning. And so I, I have kind of drifted that way over time. But I would say that it took kind of the pandemic and experiencing the stress of the trauma that our family went through, where I became much more open to practices that I maybe wouldn't have really wanted to Mm -hmm. implement or like do regularly. And so, you know, initially when I took this class, I was like, well, this will be easy. You know, that's why I took it. And you know, truthfully, I was like, I don't have that much capacity. I have other stuff I'm focused on. And as I started to get into this, like more rigorous college class, like about the actual research and uh, actually connecting with researchers over in South Korea that are friends with my professor, you know, did I start to appreciate all of the different benefits, both like physiologically and psychologically of people just spending time in nature and engaging their senses in any capacity. So at the beginning of this, I kind of talked about what does an actual framework of a formal forest bathing experience feel like? Mm -hmm. But there's also a ton of data on more of the informal use of this. You know, I think about just sitting in your backyard and focusing on the breeze, feeling you know, hitting your skin and the sunshine and listening to the birds. And that is quite literally more of the informal practice of that. Mm -hmm. And where they have studied, you know, now that there's actual proof that it's not just a feeling that many of us have experienced in our life, but that this is something that's probably worth being slightly more intentional about using in your day-to-day, week-to-week life to counter the stress that in particular modern motherhood is putting on us. So when you talk about like specifically what are we seeing happen when people engage in these sort of practices, the data shows that we start to see blood pressure and heart rate start to lower stress hormones, in particular cortisol, which is, as you know, you know, if we have that elevated for a chronic period of time, starts to result in all sorts of inflammatory cascades throughout the body and can lead to a number of different significant health problems and all different organs. And so the fact that this practice is consistently across genders and ages, bringing down those stress hormones and that it lasts is a big deal. And I think one of the other things that's really interesting about this practice is, and that there's actually been a lot of research around because the father of forest bathing was an immunologist as well, is that just spending time in nature around plants and in particular trees increases your immune system by boosting the natural killer cells, which help us fight off infections more efficiently and quickly. And that there is evidence that it may lower risks of cancer because they also see the boosting of a number of anti-cancer proteins from simply being around nature and trees. And so those are kind of the big like physical effects we see from these practices. And when it comes to more of the mental health side, the psychological side, there is a, a ton of benefits as well. So in general, people perceive their levels of stress to be lower after participating in this sort of a practice. They report 
uh, overall sense of well-being being higher. There's a number of studies that talk about and have explored attention and focus and how spending time in nature actually restores those things. Mm -hmm. And that that even happens in people who struggle with ADHD. And I think what's really powerful is there's quite a bit of good data about the benefits specifically for people with or without formal diagnoses of anxiety and depression, that it lowers symptoms and that it lasts. And so, you know, I think hearing, hearing the facts, seeing study after study in different cohorts of people, different demographics, different disease, you know, different health stories, it started to be like, wow, this is such a simple, accessible, free practice, <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. that has yeah. all these benefits. And I just had no idea, you know. This podcast episode is brought to you by Apostrophe. The holidays are upon us and you know what that means. Lots of photo taking. As I have gotten older, I have struggled more and more with rosacea. I always tend to have those rosy cheeks and face and photos, and I'm hoping that with a little help from Apostrophe, it may be less noticeable. Apostrophe is an online platform that connects you with an expert dermatology team to get customized skin treatment for your unique skin. With Apostrophe, you can get access to oral and topical medications that use clinically proven ingredients to help clear your skin. If you are interested, it's as easy as filling out an online consultation about your skin goals and medical history. And then you snap a few selfies and a dermatology provider will create a customized treatment plan just for you. Apostrophe offers access to prescription treatments for all types of acne, from hormonal acne to facial acne, and even back, chest, and butt acne. My treatment goals are to lessen redness and dark spots while evening out my skin's texture. My service experience was quick yet thorough, and my prescription arrived at my doorstep in just days. I love that this is all done from the comforts of your home without having to leave to go to the dermatology office or pharmacy. To get started, just go to apostrophe.com slash Lindsay, that's L-Y-N-Z-Y, and click get started. Then use our code Lindsay, L-Y-N-Z-Y at sign up, and you'll get your first visit for only $5. Thank you, Apostrophe, for sponsoring this episode. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Yeah, it's like so so many I have so many thoughts. So the first yeah. thought I have is well, I'm going to get to that one second. The first thought I have is that I have been kind of talking about this for years when it comes to children. And there was a book and why am I blanking? There's there's many different books I've read over the past couple of years. It was like get outside no matter what the weather is. There's no Bad no weather. such thing as no bad such thing weather. as bad weather. Thank yep. you. It's been mm -hmm. so many years, and I haven't talked about it. So that book kind of put me off this like catapult of I'm bringing my kids out no matter what. And it's funny because in this time of social media and technology, kind of going at this like lightning pace, and you know this struggle of how we are going to introduce technology and phones and everything to our own children. 
kids are just getting out less and less. I mean, when I mm-hmm. was a kid, right, in the 80s and 90s, I spent my entire childhood outside and things have changed so much. And, you know, like they always do throughout history, it's just, I've always felt like it was such a shame that kids are getting out less and less. And there's many different factors for that. But I've always been such a big proponent of getting them outside, even if it's like an hour a day. And now, of course, it gets dark at like 4.30. But my kids will be out there with their little, you know, winter hats with the flashlights built in or whatever, (laughs) you know. But the benefits that kids exhibit from being outside is just immense. So Mm -hmm. obviously it's going to be the same for adults. I feel like as an adult, you feel like you need an excuse to spend time outdoors. You're like, I don't know. I have things to do. I have to cook. Mm -hmm. I have to clean. I have to do all the kids. When am I going to get outside? So it's like the time factor. How am I going to find time to do Mm -hmm. this act of forest bathing? Also access, right? Mm -hmm. So I think it's such a privilege to be able to live in a place where you have immediate access to nature. Like I grew up in nature. I grew up in the woods and we still live on a street that's in the woods. And I will always prefer to live that way. I just, the city life is just not for me. And I feel like an immense privilege to be able to be it where I am. But there are so many people you know, depending on their status, they don't have access to nature as easily and readily as as other people, right? And so Mm -hmm. what are your suggestions for, you know, people that don't have that immediate access to just being out in nature? Like, what can they do? So I think this is so real. And that is what I love personally to dive into is like, let's get real. Like, how are we get how, how do we actually implement this in life? And I think you're right that There is a large percent of people, especially in our country, that live in urban areas. And I've been thankful that, you know, in reviewing the research on this this area of what is called forest medicine, generally, or nature and forest medicine, is that they've actually done a lot of different studies on the urban environment versus, you know, more rural environments, and that they have found that even bringing house plants into your home or your office space brings benefit and that you can still engage your senses in enjoying those plants. They've done studies looking at just putting uh, plants onto rooftops and how that gazing upon a rooftop with green space on it for 40 seconds or more can significantly start to restore your attention and focus if you do that during your workday. And so I think what these studies start to to tell us, and they've done, you know, like using small city parks, small clusters of trees on urban college campuses, that they've still been able to show that when we teach people how they can use this tool to engage just basically your senses and slow down even for just a few minutes of your day, that it can have a significant impact still on your health and well-being, even without being able to like go for an epic hike in the mountains. Right. And so I think it's, it's about seeing and seeking opportunities with what you do have. Yeah, I hope that cities start to kind of move more in that direction. I mean, you can, if you, there's actually, I was just trying to find, there's an article 
that talks about like green roof laws. And I believe it was Toronto that was like one of the first cities to adopt this law where any new buildings, any new constructed buildings required, if it it was a certain pitch, required to have some sort of green space at the top. And when we went to Copenhagen years ago, it was really cool to see this in action. So all of their new buildings have this green roof law where you, if you're building a new building and it has, you know, a certain pitch at the top, obviously safety is a concern, right? But if it's a certain pitch, you have to have a green space. So we visited a new building and went to the rooftop and there was an entire playground up there with a green space, tons of plants everywhere. And like, actual trees growing out of the rooftop and a playground. And I'm like, this is genius, right? Yeah. And to my knowledge, I haven't heard of anything like that in particular in our cities. I mean, you do hear about like the High Line in New York City where, which is pretty cool. It's like this, I'm not sure if you've ever been on it, but it's, you know, it's this, I can't remember how long it is, a mile or so. And it's a green space, right? There's tons of bushes and plants and trees and everything. And you can walk that, which is a beautiful way to kind of put yourself into nature within a city. So I just hope they come up with more and more ways for people to be able to access nature within you know these urban areas. Because I do think it's, like you said, I mean, it's so beneficial. And uh, the other thing I had wanted to mention when you were talking earlier, when I first came off of social media, I've told this story a few times. And I always go back to it because you mentioned like just going outside and taking in the way the wind goes through your hair or um, a certain smell that might be outside or just like really engaging into your senses. I feel like we have lost so much of that, again, with phone usage, social media, all of those things. And I was so heavily into social media and phone use over the period of a few years where, I mean, I can't remember the last time I engaged in my senses and like actually took a look around me in a real way. I feel like whenever we have that extra time, we are filling it with, oh, let me just scroll and check something real quick. You know, it's a very unintentional thing. It's just our bodies are almost drawn to the behaviors that we do every single day. So it's like we get a second, we, we go and pick up our phone. And when I got off social media, I started really just intentionally being outdoors or going for my walk without listening to something. And it's kind of, it was very difficult, very, very difficult at first because it's almost like you felt really alone because you you didn't have all, you know, your friends on the internet kind of hanging out with you or a podcast person like talking to you through the other side. And you really start to kind of connect again and appreciate things. And there is so much to say for that. I I was driving, I told this story when I was on Joe Piazza's podcast, but I was driving down the street. This was after I I got off social media. I was driving down the street to drop off my child at school. And I saw somebody walking across the crosswalk, just, you know, just walking. They didn't have any headphones in. They weren't on the phone. They were just walking. And I was like, I wonder what they're thinking about. I wonder where they're going. I wonder uh, what they do for... And I just got into this whole conversation with myself in my head about what that person is experiencing. And then looking at the trees across the street and kind of like really getting engaged into the surroundings. And I I, I had a tear because I was like, I don't know the last time I felt so connected to what was around me. I feel like Mm. a lot of the time people are just really engaged into 
what's going on with them, their own life, their phone. And it's, it's tough, you know? You go to the grocery store and people are in line on their phone. People are on their phone when they're at the doctor's office waiting to go in. People are on their phone when they're, I mean, driving. I, you know, it's like they're just always, mm-hmm. always on their phone. And that was one of the things I really, really noticed the second I was being very intentional about putting my phone away and connecting. And connecting with nature is just such a great way to kind of start. And even just sitting with yourself on your steps for five minutes is is tough when you're not used to it, right? Mm-hmm. I don't know, Laura, if you've tried. I had a difficult time in the very beginning. I was like, what am I... I should be doing something. And and I don't even think you need to be meditating. Even just sitting there and trying to connect is so beneficial. And now I can do it, no problem. But it was hard for me in the beginning. I was like all distracted. I was all over the place. Like I should be doing something. Why am I out here listening to the birds? What, why am I doing this? <laughs> you know, it's like, how am I giving myself permission to do this? I know. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like that's just a great example of how without knowing any of this science or this international practice of forest bathing that you intuitively came back to what I would say humans are and have always been naturally attracted to connecting with nature. Right. And it sounds like you found quite a bit of healing in just that slowing down, that appreciation and that engaging with things outside of your phone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think I think that's how this becomes accessible is in seeing that it doesn't have to be the formal practice and I just like you also have found this to be easy to incorporate into my life now and that I catch myself doing it all the time. Mm-hmm. Because I have now changed my habit Right. of expecting myself to be constantly what I had previously viewed as like being efficient and being on my phone and doing things and and catching up socially and all of mm-hmm. those things it's like mm-hmm. there's an option here right you know what do i need in this moment absolutely yeah i um, feel like one of the biggest benefits and of course I haven't tried forest bathing. I, you know, next time I talk to you, I will have, you know, my whole experience <laughs> for you. Yeah. Because I really I I want to try it. One of the biggest benefits that I have seen is just the I don't know, I just feel like a, a weight has been completely lifted. Like I don't have this desire to be 100% connected all of the time because I do feel like that's a real it's just a real thing that people feel pressured to do, you know, because we have the ability to do it. And it's like, oh, well, I need to be either 100% caught up on news or 100% caught up with friends and family and telling them like everything that's going on or, you know, it's just like this pressure because we have the ability to do these things that we have to be doing them. And we don't, right? Like it's mm-hmm. just like this made up pressure and we're not taking care of ourselves. So the biggest thing that I found was I am, I, my anxiety is non-existent. I mean, of course, on day to day, you have things that make you kind of anxious, but I didn't realize the amount of anxiety I had until it was taken away from me. And I was like, oh, I wasn't supposed to feel that way. That's, that was a yucky feeling. And I think a lot of the times we don't realize the feelings that we have until 
you come back to a normal level and you're like, oh, you look back and yeah. you realize that you, you know, you, you were suffering from these things. You, you were dealing with high levels of stress and anxiety. And I think as moms, we're just used to like a normal level of that, like on a day-to-day basis that we don't recognize it. Oh, I guess, yeah, sure. I, I probably do have anxiety. I probably do have some, you know, levels of depression. You just don't realize because you're just like in this steady state <laughs> since yeah. you've had your first kid. You're like, oh, this isn't normal. <laughs> this is my norm. <laughs> yeah. yeah oh, and I think that's God. why it feels so uncomfortable when you sort of start to do the opposite or when you're engaging sort of intentionally at first in a different way of being. It, mm-hmm. It's hard, like it's uncomfortable. But I think if you just you know, keep your eyes on the fact that you know this is what feels like it's going to be better for you, that you experience eventually all of that starts to lift and that discomfort starts to go away. And you're left with this just feeling of more freedom and more mind space, you know, which is mm-hmm. an incredible gift, you know, as a mother. Yeah, absolutely. And all of these health benefits, you know, now that you know about too. So, yeah, yeah I, I know you touched on this a bit throughout, but your personal experience with forest bathing, like I'd love to hear a little bit more about mm-hmm. that. Like, How often are you, you know, engaging in that practice specifically mm-hmm. or how much are you really intentionally trying to expose yourself to nature and, you know, how, someone listening, what's realistic for them? Mm-hmm. So I would say that... Last fall, when I felt like uh, I was personally just in a really, you know, just difficult sort of transition uh, of my career. And I kept, you know, as a good PA, you know, checking in with myself. Like, I remember giving myself the PHQ and the GAD and being like, okay, where am I actually scoring right now? Do I need to go get extra resources to help me through this? And I just always kept being sort of in this range where it wasn't, it wasn't to a point where I needed medical intervention, but I knew I needed more just alternative tools. And so last fall, I would say I was more regularly doing this. I would say that, you know, the, t- the typical practice, like if you were to go to that event, you know, in your area, mm-hmm. you know, a, a forest bathing walk can take a couple of hours. Mm-hmm. And I think when we think about that as a mother in particular, like that feels like, well, maybe Stuck that's a one-off. Yeah. <laughs> I have anxiety. That's a retreat. <laughs> yeah. So for me, that's not doable. I think that what I've ended up putting into practice in a way that felt more sustainable to me was simply taking on more of this mindset just in general. Mm-hmm that I am someone who finds time to be outside. And it was like putting that lens on just helped me to find opportunities to do it. Mm -hmm. So I'm super privileged. We have uh, our children's school is in our neighborhood. And so for almost any temperature, we're kind of in the same camp. It's like gear up, Mm -hmm. we're biking in the cold or we're walking And what we do in that 15 minute walk is sometimes I'm just pointing it out to my kids. It's like, look at that beautiful orange on those tree leaves. And Mm -hmm. do you guys feel that gentle breeze? Oh, it feels so good. You know, so I'm almost like verbalizing my own experiences through the senses or 
uh, helping them to do that, or maybe it, we're looking for treasures to pick up along the way. Um, things that, that work for kids, but also just gently kind of engage you with your environment mm-hmm. and, and just being present. And there is enough science that I feel like I know that what I'm doing is creating benefit for me, both mental health and physically. Maybe not to the extreme degree in which, you know, doing a formal forest bathing mm-hmm. walk could do week, you know, week after week, but it's, it's, it's what feels sustainable. And so yeah. I feel like that is good enough and it's great that I can even do that. Mm-hmm. I feel like that, you know, and I'm just listening to you and, and what a simple thing that you are providing for your kids that will be so beneficial for them for their entire life. Because here's the thing, when they get older and they start to feel stress or anxiety, which they will indefinitely. This podcast is brought to you by Thrive Market. Thrive Market is a great place to get your grocery and household essentials. The convenience of getting it all quickly shipped to your doorstep is a huge time saver. And we personally enjoy some of the brands they carry, like Kodiak, Go Macro, Primal Kitchen, and their own Thrive Market brand. I've recently placed an order to restock some of our go-to favorites and grab some new items. I grabbed more Go Macro bars and oatmeal chocolate chip and sprouted brown rice crisp cereal. Our kids absolutely love this cereal. I also ordered a few new items, including late July tortilla chips and Garden Ranch, Go Nana's fudgy brownie banana bread mix, which looks crazy good. Tony's Chocoloni Milk Chocolate Bar and Gingerbread, and some Dr. Prager's items. Thrive also carries my favorite self-tanner by Beauty by Earth, in case you are on the hunt for some. As a Thrive Market member, you can save money on every single order. On average, you will save over 30% each time. I recently saved $22 on my last order. On top of the savings on each order, Thrive Market has a deals page that changes daily. It gives you cash back on so many brands, and they also have a price match guarantee. Thrive Market has over 70 filters on their website and app, and you can filter between gluten-free snacks or non-toxic cleaning essentials with the click of a button. When you join Thrive Market, you are also helping a family in need with their one-for-one membership matching program. You join, they give. Join Thrive Market today and save 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. You can go to thrivemarket.com slash Lindsay, that's L-Y-N-Z-Y, for 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. That's T-H-R-I-V-E market.com slash Lindsay, thrivemarket.com slash Lindsay. Their brains will link back to a place of calm and just being. And that place is going to be on those walks that you're having where you're like, Hey, do you notice how those leaves are moving and how they're falling? It's fall and the leaves are kind of turning and they're falling to the ground. Just a simple, like just explaining what you see, hear, feel outside with your kids. These simple, simple things where I feel like it's so hard these days because we are overwhelmed with products and Mm -hmm. things to do with our kids and sports and activities and all the things. And this is coming from someone who, you know, I've worked with all the kids' companies. I have pushed products 
to, you know, mm-hmm. to uh, my community. And did I believe in them? Absolutely. But mm-hmm. here's the thing. Your kids, they truly, they truly don't need anything, really. They just need to be outside. And mm-hmm. it's free. And it's something that will stick with them forever. You know, like buying them magnetiles, which is my number one, (laughs) number one top thing for kids because my kids have been playing with those babies for 10 years. Okay. Like those number one, but nothing compares to being outdoors and just giving them the gift of this is how you can calm your body as you get older. Mm -hmm. The connection to nature will never leave them because my connection to nature growing up still sticks with me now. Like I lost Mm -hmm. it for so many years, but the second you get back into it, you're like, oh my gosh, why? Why did I not realize that the reason why my body was so stressed and anxious is because I've been just too busy doing all the things, right? And being Mm -hmm. on my phone or whatever. And yeah, so I mean, it cannot be overstated the benefits that you're giving your kids just by doing something that's simple and free and outside. And like you said, benefits for you too. Yeah. You're noticing those things is helping your own body. And the other thing too is we had mentioned this briefly before we started, but wellness culture is just, it's crazy. And I feel like every year it amps up just a little bit more and billions and billions of dollars go into it and billions of dollars are spent on it. And people think that buying a certain thing might you know, make them happy or have less stress or what have you. But these things that we're mentioning, again, they're free. You know, there is concrete evidence to support their benefits. And, you know, instead of doing a spa day, you know, save yourself the 200 bucks and do some forest bathing, right? Like, yes. it's, you know, and you'll be so trendy. You will be so trendy. <laughs> and, you know, I think you can even, I mean, I'm sure the benefits are the same if you go with a friend too, right? Yes. I mean, yep. Take, take a buddy with you, mm-hmm. you know, your buddy might think you're crazy at first, but they won't think you're crazy after a couple hours and they're feeling yeah. a lot better. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. So I think my husband's, you know, always, he's such a great supporter of like, Hey, take care of yourself. You need to like have a night with your friends or whatever it is. And so, yeah, it can be overwhelming to hear, okay, this is going to be like a couple hours of your time, but mm-hmm. what better way, right? To, to spend your time. I mean, schedule it in every couple months and you're just yeah. spending a couple of hours. And if your kids are all off at school or maybe you can have your you know family or friend, or friend or someone come watch your kids. I mean, the benefits that you will have as a mom after that are just immense. I mean, you'll be a better mom for it. You know, mm-hmm. I think it's, it, there's just so many things that are thrown at us these days that people tell us will have us thinking we're less stressed and less anxious and they cost money and half the time they're not something that even works. <laughs> yeah. And this is something that you can really, really do. And it can start off just by sitting on your steps and listening to the, the things going on around you and feeling the breeze. I think if we all did that every day for five minutes mm-hmm. and started there. Mm-hmm. You'll see benefits from it. I really, I, I truly think that. And I'm sure there's probably research that's been done on that. You can start off there and you don't have to commit. Yeah. <laughs> and I think, you know, for anything to feel sustainable, uh, it needs to start small. It needs to be simple. It needs to feel almost intuitive. 
And I think, you know, both you and I are describing how we have felt now this almost craving for that, like where you want to seek that out because you know it makes you feel better. Right. And I think once you have experienced that feeling and seen your mental health start to improve without doing much of anything, you know, and I think what what was so wonderful, particularly for me, was just that I felt like, and I think, you know, you and other people may agree with this, is that when you're in a hard place, we have such little capacity to expend extra energy. And so the simplicity of this, the accessibility that it's free, and that it doesn't have to take an enormous amount of your time to get benefit is so helpful. Absolutely. All right. I want to give listeners maybe some resources like do you have mm-hmm. any maybe books you recommend or websites to find out more information of course we can also within the show notes we can link to specific research studies which you had sent to me earlier yeah and things like that but i'd love to know if you have other resources yeah so you know t- as a part of wanting to expand people's understanding and opportunity to experience this I actually created a free audio guided forest bathing walk that you can download and experience from the comfort of your own community in whatever natural space that you have access to. And it's on my website for download. Um, I'll link it. I didn't, I don't think I mentioned this, but as a part of working with this professor and his research, I ended up creating a self-guided forest bathing trail here in our community. Oh my gosh, that's so cool. Yeah. And so I have a lot of experience in, though I'm not a certified guide yet, maybe, in creating dialogue and in, in leading people on these sort of walks. And so that's why I was just like, you know what I need to do is I need to create like a podcast style just like I did that on our trail. We just used QR codes to do this on signs. But yeah, I just wanted to offer that to people who want to not have to think, to maybe experience sort of this more traditional framework of a forest mm-hmm. bathing walk. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can get that at my website, which is thestillinbloom.com, and it's backslash forest. In terms of you know other resources, the Association of Nature and Forest Therapy Guides and Programs, it's called ANFT is a great resource for the United States in terms of finding guides in your area if you want to do something live. Or if you're interested in in what it would be to be a guide yourself, they train the most people in the entire world on how to do nature and forest therapy. Oh my gosh, Um, that's so cool. So that's interesting. Uh, I think for uh, one other resource that's kind of interesting is called Park Rx. I don't know if you've heard of this. But it's for both providers and for uh, just patients or non-providers. But basically, it's a way to prescribe nature. And it literally, you can set up like text and email reminders to prompt you like, hey, it's time to go outside. So that's parkrxamerica.org. So that's kind of a cool resource. And in terms of books, I would say my top three Uh, Number one would be what's called Your Guide to Forest Bathing, and that's by M. Amos Clifford, and he was the founder of the American Nature and Forest Therapy Guide Association. 
His book has great ideas for different ways that you can simply engage with nature. Mm -hmm. Uh, Dr. Ching Lee, who's sort of the father of forest medicine, wrote a book about just called Forest Bathing, which is also an awesome resource. And for those of us who maybe are still interested in multitasking while being in nature, (laughs) there is a physician named Dr. Suzanne Hackenmiller who wrote a book called The Outdoor Adventurer's Guide to Forest Bathing. And she teaches you how to incorporate these same practices while also doing your favorite outdoor activities like hiking, biking, kayaking, all sorts of things. And so that's a great one too. Mm-hmm. Okay, perfect. Yeah. So I will have all these linked up too in the show notes just to make it easy for everyone. Yeah. So you're not like me right now. I'm like, okay, okay, I'm writing the next one. <laughs> Seriously writing notes. Everything will be in the show notes. Is there anything, Laura, that we didn't get to that you wanted to make sure to mention specifically about forest bathing? I think that one thing that I just didn't touch on as much, um, but that is part of the bigger mission of forest nature and forest medicine, is that not only is it about sort of the health and well-being benefits that we receive from nature, but that there's actually a lot of research that has also been done on how engaging in nature, like doing these practices, creates a sense of belonging in nature and creates a connection to the natural spaces around us and how that manifests in our desire to protect it. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's an interesting part of this. And I think even just in you know the class I took, it was fascinating to hear how different classmates of mine suddenly felt very protective sort of mm-hmm. of their spaces where they liked to go do forest bathing. And so I think you do become attached to these different spaces. Like even, you know, your neighborhood probably has that meaning for you. Yeah. I mean, which can only be beneficial, right? Because we want to protect our spaces, right? And not mm-hmm. have, you know, entire areas knocked down for new developments or climate mm-hmm. control in general and um, advocacy. And so I, you know, I think having more and more people connect with nature will only have benefits when it comes to, you know, things like that as well. All right. So two questions I have for you that are unrelated to the topic today. So the first question is, if you could give one piece of advice to mothers, what would that piece of advice be? I think that my big piece of advice for mothers would be that using the simple and nature-based tools like we've talked about today can have just a tremendous impact on how you not only are able to love yourself, but also in how your energy is able to benefit the people and the places and the larger mission you have in your life. And similarly to, you know, the old, we're in the airplane, put your oxygen mask on Mm -hmm. first. I think that the key to balancing the overwhelm and stress of modern modern day motherhood is finding solutions that feel easy and natural Mm -hmm. for you to counter that. Yes. Yes, absolutely. The last question I have for you is if you could make one meal for your entire family that everyone would eat, that's relatively Mm. quick and easy, what would it be? This is a good question. I know. I would say like 30 minutes. I know. (laughs) 
I would say 30 minutes and under. I mean, I've had people say like McDonald's. So I mean, you don't have to think too hard, but if (laughs) if there's a meal that you consistently pull for, that's like something you'll eat. Yeah. Okay. So our family loves uh, anything sort of Mexican. And my go-to is just sort of chopping up different things. So a cluster of like peppers, tomatoes, and sort of creating a, a small but diverse spread of anything that you could put on sort of a burrito bowl. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'll even just do beans because it's out of a can sometimes and that's what they get for protein. So, hey. you know, sometimes you got to do what's fast. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, you got to do what you got to do. Yes. I know. I feel like mine kind of switches up month to month and I love, I mean, I ask this question primarily for my own resource. (laughs) I love love hearing about other people's go-tos. Ours right now is the, so I have just always despised the bonza like chickpea pasta. I think the Uh consistency is, it's like terrible. So I think it's Barilla has a protein pasta. That's phenomenal. It tastes just Mm -hmm. like regular pasta, but it has, it's, you know, protein added, whatever. It's delicious. And my kids can't tell the difference, which is key. Like that when it came key. to the bonza pasta, they were like, mom, it's not pasta. I was like, it is pasta. <laughs> They're like, it's not, mom. It's really not. I'm like, okay, fine. <laughs> so this brand definitely tastes like they can't tell the difference. And so I'm like, I feel like I'm winning, like really winning because they're getting protein with their pasta. But then I also do just like a ground beef and mix it in with sauce and yes. put, you know, I do raw veggies on the side or whatever, but they, they will eat this seven days a week. And I feel like I'm winning because it's like pretty protein packed. And yeah. I, yeah, so that's currently what we're what we're on to. But my kids like to change their mind frequently. So we'll see how long it lasts for. Yes, exactly. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much, Laura, for taking time yeah. out of your day and your schedule to talk with us about this really, really important topic. I appreciate you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for hanging out with us today. All resources mentioned in this episode can be found in the show notes on lindsayandco.com. To continue these important conversations, head over to Motherhood Meets Medicine on Instagram. Let me know what you learned from this episode and who you would love to hear from next. I always love getting feedback from you. If you're finding value in this podcast, please rate, review, subscribe, and share with a friend. This will help us to reach even more women from around the world. I'll catch you next week. Until then, don't forget to find some time to unplug, unwind, and have a little fun. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.